Chapter 16 Then Him Headhunt Success After almost a year of hard work and sacrifice, neglecting some of the most important things in all our lives and even working in secret at times just to revolutionise a piece of equipment that could change somebody's life. We've made it. James and I shook hands and patted each other on the back. Congratulations all round. We were a happy bunch. The boys high-fived each other and shouted, Woohoo! Woohoo! and cheered with ardour as other participants contributed with applause. I looked around the room and noticed for the first time the number of men there were. It dawned on me the fact that boys had never actually strayed from their toys, but rather embraced new ones, and more so in their old age. Tonight, in spite of the seriousness of the event, the thrill on the faces of these old boys illuminated the Coliseum. Kwame had shown up with the presentation with apologies and quickly settled into the already pumped crowd. I decided amidst protests that I wouldn't physically present as I knew it wasn't my strong suit. I would rather stay behind the scene and watch from the crowd. Besides, that was precisely why our new tech was the best guy for this, and he was doing an awesome job. I'd be ready for the questions in the aftermath. I was glad to have Kwame with us. Anyone would think he was actually part of the team, the geeks. He certainly looked the part. Clad in a navy blue velvet jacket and a similarly coloured checkered shirt, he wore a bow tie that proudly announced, I'm here to support my friends. He was to me the brother I had never had, there for me in ways nobody else had been and of course had inadvertently brought Ikuba and I together. Kwame was a single man. Over the years, I'd watched him attempt several relationships which, in my opinion, had been great, but he, like many men too comfortable with single life, had found all the reasons he needed to end them. He had taken a seat next to me, recently vacated by Brenda, the enigmatic golden brown-haired lady whom I'd had the pleasure of meeting properly a short while before. When Brenda introduced herself as Mr. Zoo's partner, I'd immediately thought it was a mistake. I'd been expecting another eccentric or a rather outlandish individual. I was pleasantly surprised. She and Mr. Zoo had worked on such missions for the last five years, seeking out talented individuals and basically making them offers they could not refuse, she'd revealed. We'd spoken for just a few minutes and she'd walked James and I to our designated seats, but had made her apologies and promised to return after the presentations. James, whom I thought was enraptured by the proceedings of the evening, had given me a cursory glance as if to warn me that he had his eye on us, me, or perhaps it was just my conscience making its presence felt. I was furthermore curious and purely seeking after coincidence, or rather the lack of. How could it be that I'd run in the same park? on the same morning, at the same time, with none other than the woman who was at the same exhibition, and in fact was part of the organising team. It probably would not have made much of a difference whether I knew the truth or not, but I had to find out what she wanted. A number of people had approached us, congratulating us on the success of our launch, and poaching contact details, etc. I'd seen this too often to be moved by it. I was grateful, but somehow I felt as though they were trying to exploit us. To them, we were a new collaboration, fresh on the market, 
and probably didn't have the funds to produce on a large scale. They were precise on the alliance, but we were divergent. James may have had radicalised ideas, but it worked, and at that point, despite the lack of fact-based figures, I was ready to start proceedings on a proper merger with him. I'd also been considering allocating some shares to another contender, David, who had hounded me for a while. It remained to be seen what he too would bring to the table. As I slid away from the burgeoning numbers, leaving James with any other business, I was intercepted by Brenda, no longer a shadow, but seemingly another dubious personality. Might I have a word, Mr. McKeady? She said, steering me from the crowd. I thought I'd seen Damien Young in the crowd, the quiet and awkward one who had followed Mr. Lao Tzu. He scouted the crowd intently as he perched in a corner. You are such a talented man, she started as she spoke quietly and precisely and managed to present differently from the woman I'd met in the park and even at the beginning of the evening. And although her proposal was not perceptible to me, I was willing to hear her out. We're setting up an office equipped with a 217,800 square foot lab, much like yours, only larger. She stopped for effect, but I remained unperturbed. Caleb, we'd like you to head that facility. It would be yours to do as you pleased, as long as you can produce results like what we just saw. We've studied your company for a while now, and you. She looked into my eyes, and I looked back as she continued. I know you're more than capable of such a venture, and it's a great opportunity for you right now. Canada has so much to offer, and it's fast becoming cited for global networking businesses. So imagine the storm you'd be kicking up with this kind of technology. I stood for a minute, a little aghast, but not sure if it was really the sudden approach or the fact that I was expected to move 3,000 plus miles away from everything and everyone. Brenda suddenly turned to face me, almost blocking my path, and, and said, looking straight into my eyes, This is a great opportunity, Caleb. I know it's sudden, but excellent nonetheless. I wasn't going to dismiss it straight away, and I'd said as much to her. I wonder, what is your agenda? We're attempting to set a trend in mechanical engineering technology. Currently, the defining factors in mechanical engineering are safety-based. We intend to dispel any such concerns. She paused, looking for another reaction, but got nothing. Why don't you come over to the office tomorrow, sit with Mr. Zhu and I, and ask all the questions you want to? Just as she uttered this, Kwame staggered over, looking bewildered. I introduced them, realising that I didn't know her full name, or what she even did apart from sneaking up on people with far-fetched ideas. It turned out that I didn't have to do much. She talked to Kwame as if they were old friends. She was good. I used the opportunity to excuse myself as I removed a vibrating phone from my pocket. It was Ekuba. I answered the phone, ready to share news of success and proposals. Hello? Hello? 